Good morning, Anchorage, Alaska, and lower 48 and the rest of the world. This is Bruce Lindquist with his podcast, Wonderful Counselor. Hey guys, I want to thank all of you who have downloaded the first episode of Scandalous Woman. As from the first day it went international, and the downloads in a few weeks, 12 countries, and half the United States. I appreciate you took 29 minutes out of your life to listen to the podcast and share it with others. And keep sharing. Now, for those of you who are new to my podcast, I am a counselor. I have been a counselor the last 35 years. And I've been on this amazing sacred journey with so many people who struggle with so many things in their lives. Yet the greatest journey, and it continues to be, is with Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is the wonderful counselor. I'm the lowercase counselor. I welcome you guys today to the second episode entitled Castaways. I'm so excited to bring this to you. I want you now to use your imagination and picture a boat headed out of a harbor on a voyage. You have no idea how long it will be. The boat's used to calm waters of the harbor, but days and weeks and months and even years, it's managed to learn how to weather some of those storms. Now on this particular day, the sky is blue, the seas are calm, and there's not a storm cloud on the horizon. As dust settles in, a storm literally comes out of the middle of nowhere. With such a fury, it threatens to capsize the boat. Now the boat, either from weathering so many storms or from the fierce blows of this storm, starts to break apart. Picture a lifeboat lowered into the billows of the sea and the waves crash into it and one lone figure is on the boat. The waves knock you out of the boat. You're deep in the sea. You fight with everything you have to break to the surface of the water and you manage to grab what's left of the lifeboat and you hold on, gasping for air. You look for the boat that you were on but you can't see through the torrent of rain. It's almost, it's most likely sunk into the depths of the ocean. The next wave hits you, and all goes black. The first thing you notice is the gritty taste in your mouth and the sense that waves are coming up to you and receding. It takes a while, but you realize the taste is that of sand as your face and mouth are buried in it and the waves are of the ocean. You sit up sore, but grateful to be alive, and all you can see in most directions is the ocean and you realize you're stranded on an island. You then happen on the only familiar thing. It's in the water, and you see it off in the distance. It's your wrecked boat. So you decide to make camp next to the only thing you know. Now may I, Now you may say, Bruce, I don't like boats, don't like oceans, don't particularly care for storms. What does that have to do with me? I can't relate. The story, of course, is a metaphor. The boat represents you, as well as the figure in the boat. The ocean is life, the storm is what can happen in life, and the island is how you cope with being shipwrecked. You see, there are many characteristics to a castaway, and you've just become one. One, you didn't plan to be here. Two, nothing in your life prepared you to be here. Three, you feel alone. And four, you're in survival mode. Sound familiar? Guys, there's lots of ways to be shipwrecked. As a counselor, I meet so many who've been shipwrecked by the storms of life and are using their island to cope with the pain. You may have been physically, emotionally, and or sexually abused. 
And those that were supposed to love you used you for their pleasure or dumped all their emotional pain that they were carrying on your little bodies, minds, and hearts. You see, I journey with adults as a counselor who were at one time that little boy or that little girl and the storm came into their bedroom and pushed them so deep into the sea they disappeared from the pain into their island. I listen to the woman who has a few scars on her arm, but in the hidden places of her body, she hides the knife marks where she cut herself so deep just to break through the numbness, to feel something, to have control of something. When control was taken from her, she looks at the blood and for a brief moment feels alive, feels something. You may be one who consumes massive amounts of alcohol and drugs, and at first your island it felt good. But later, you want off the island, but you can't leave. Because if you stop drinking and shooting up the heroin, you get sick. And then the storm rages in your body. And you watch and think about the wreckage that your drug use has done to so many in their lives. And that shame and guilt comes over you like waves. And to make it all go away, to feel the sensa- you feel the sensation of the needle in your vein again. The taste of that burning alcohol down your throat. And for a moment you're free. But when you come off your high, you realize you're only deeper in your pain and you're still shipwrecked on your island. I journey with women, and this I don't understand. Because society says celebrate your your abortion. Get your t-shirt. You know, not yet not one woman I've met as a counselor who had an abortion celebrates it. Do you know what she does? She grieves. She grieves the loss of her baby. You may be grieving the loss of your baby. Society may say it's not actually a baby, but these women know the truth. Something was living inside them. It's not there anymore, and the loss haunts them. See, they're surrounded by people calling them either baby killers or heroes to a movement of women empowerment, and both of those waves crash hard on them. You might have been the baby who lived, and there was a birth defect that made you different, and you felt rejected, not because of something you've done, but with something you had no control over. And you end up being on the island trying to navigate the waters of a disability. And you discover how many people can bring storms into your life. You may be confused about your sexual attraction or your gender and have no one to talk to about it. You hear how you could change your gender. You can have this hormone, be given hormones to begin this process. Yet you haven't heard the stories of those women who did that and now decide they want to go back. But their bodies are permanently changed. And they want to have a baby, but they can't. Their body was shipwrecked by their own choice, but also by a lot of pressure. Because it's really getting to be these days the vogue thing to do to change your sex. You may be in jail or out of jail for something you did or didn't do. It might have been justice that put you in jail. It might have been injustice that put you in jail. And the shipwreck is your own jail cell. Or even when you're released from society, you carry the stigma of being a felon. And so society no longer trusts you. So you have a hard time getting a job or, or making a living anyway. So you reoffend or, or you go back to the prison of injustice that's been done to you and you reject yourself. You may be in the prison, a physical prison, looking through bars, or you may be in a prison of yourself. But both are islands, guys. I journey with those coming back from combat and their storm was the war and they're still there. Many have PTSD. Their families don't understand them. They don't understand the world they're now returning to. Reentry is so painful for them. They think about those that died on the battlefield, those they killed, those they couldn't save, those that died in friendly fire, 
So many I journey with have left the place of their trauma, but the island hasn't left them. They feel so disconnected. And many of them return, use the island of alcohol and drugs just to numb out because this is just too painful of a return. I journey with those that can tell me their social security number, their medications, their diagnosis, how many times they've been treatment, how many times they've been in institutions, but they can't tell me their name because they've forgotten it. Your shipwreck may have come along by watching another loved one be shipwrecked. You tonight could be sleeping in an empty bed because your spouse is no longer alive. Maybe your spouse died of cancer and you went through that painful process with them. Maybe there was an accident and you try to cope with it to go to your island, but there's no escape from the pain. It, it could be a baby that has died and the crib's empty. The death of a loved one can cause you to be shipwrecked and find yourself on an island of just unbearable loneliness and grief. You may have found your heart broken out of betrayal, and those vows that were meant for a lifetime are broken in another man's woman or bed. You may have done it, or, not, or your partner may have done it. You might find yourself shipwrecked because you've been able to weather almost every storm, but then an accident happens or a sudden sickness, and you find yourself not able to work. You may have reached a point in your life where you have to give up the car keys or your home because your once independent spirit now has to depend on others. All these are shipwrecks and bring you to the island. You may suffer from depression or anxiety or hear voices that tell you terrible things. And you may sit up all night because you can't get your mind to stop racing because of the what-ifs and the could-ofs or the should-ofs or the lists that you've got to complete. You may right now be thinking about ending your life because of the pain of your shipwreck is too much and you just feel like you can't go on any longer. I journey with people every day, it seems, that feel that level of despair. You see, there are many ways to be shipwrecked and when you go to the island, you just survive. So many boats, so many storms, so many shipwrecks, so many stranded on the island and they just can't get off no matter how hard they try. Shipwrecks leave you as a castaway on an island. Now by now you may be saying, Boy, Bruce, I wasn't depressed and wasn't even thinking about taking any depressants or thought about drinking, but that bottle of vodka is looking awfully good right now. If you drink it, you stay on the island. So by now you might be asking yourself, Okay, Bruce, this is like the most depressing podcast I've ever heard. How do I get off the island? Okay, I can find myself on the island. I'm tired of being alone in the crowd. I'm tired of being hungover. I'm tired of, tired of working myself to death. I'm tired of trying to make my loneliness go away with porn or having sex with just about anybody just to not feel empty anymore. I'm tired of my pain defining my life. I have good news for you. There's a way off the island, castaways. Let me share with you how a man in the Bible went from being a castaway to being set free from his island. Let me introduce you to a man that doesn't have a name in Scripture. He was only known as a leper, and his shipwreck, his island, was one of isolation and stigma. I want you to use your imaginations now. Imagine you have a disease so that you're living in a cave and you isolate yourself from society because society has rejected you. Your disease is so contagious, you don't understand why the flesh is falling off your body, and you wrap yourself in cloth, and you resemble a half-dressed mummy. You may have been touched by others before the disease, but since then, no one will touch you. That could have been ongoing for a few years or all your life. You don't understand the disease. 
So leprosy is basically a disease where you don't feel pain. So if you have the disease of leprosy, you might have your foot in the fire and not know it's burning. You may fracture your leg and walk on a, a fractured bone and break it all the way through and not know you're doing it. A rat could be chewing on your finger and not know a rat was chewing on your finger. The disease of leprosy is highly contagious and it attacks the pain centers of your body so you don't feel pain. Now this man was shipwrecked, cast away on the island, barely surviving. You're that man and you dare to venture from your cave to supplies, food scraps that others have just thrown away. It's garbage to them, but for you, it's life. You happen to overhear there's someone who's healing people. Then you're discovered and they yell at you and scream and they throw things at you and they drive you back to your cave. So you double your efforts not to be seen, to stay in your cave as much as possible because they say that's where you belong. Yet something maybe for the first time is happening, a feeling, a question that just won't go away. Can it be true? Does such a person exist? But then the feeling seems to die because even if he existed and could heal you, he wouldn't touch you. No one would dare do that. As that longing just to be touched, you quickly put it out of your mind as foolishness and even dangerous thinking. Yet this nagging thought and feeling will not go away. It becomes so overpowering that there is for the first time a flicker in your heart of hope. Hope, that is a word and has a feeling you haven't known for a very long time. So you find yourself doing the unthinkable. You bandage yourself up the best you can. You go through the city in the cover of darkness, and somehow you're not detected. You find yourself walking and walking until morning breaks, and you just keep walking now, more curious and cautious than ever to not be seen. Then you see a group of men, and they see you, and they scream, LEPER! And you fear the worst, but you can't go back. Then one of the men says, quiet, and this crowd goes still and walks towards you. You're frozen. As he gets closer, you think, could this be the man I heard about? And suddenly you know in your heart, it's not a man, it's God. You drop to your knees and you say, Lord, if you're willing to heal me, I know you can. The man looks at you and you're expected to be rejected. Yet again, pushed away, tossed aside, because even God, you believe, has rejected you and will again. The man, instead of cursing you, says, I am willing, be healed. And you look into his eyes for the first time, and you see such love radiating from him. And you begin to uncover your skin. And from the bandages, you look and your skin is healed. And you completely are healed. Can you imagine being healed completely? All the bandages are off your body now. And you're looking at this fresh, beautiful skin. You see, guys, one of the many differences in this narrative of Jesus healing the leper is that the man dared to believe Jesus had the power to heal him, found out he was willing to heal him, and then went to find Jesus. Here's the truth. You don't have to leave your island to find Jesus. Jesus knows where you're at, and he meets you exactly at the place where you are now. All that's been done to you, all you've done to others, all the shipwrecks you've caused, all the shipwrecks you've experienced, Jesus says to you on your island, as you say, Lord, are you willing? He says, yes, I'm willing. Someone wants to touch you in your condition, not reject you, but receive you. 
that someone is Jesus. You may be saying, sure, Bruce, it's that easy, huh? No, it's not that easy. You have to decide you want to leave your island. Jesus will meet you on your island, but you have to decide you want to leave it. See, the problem with islands is after a while, all we know is survival, but at least that's what we know. The shipwreck can still can even become part of your identity. It's not easy to want to leave the island. It's very much like having that old pair of shoes that you've been wearing for so long and your toes might even be coming out of them. And you try to put on a new pair of shoes and they have to be broken. And there's this breaking in process that happens when you decide you want to leave your island. It feels weird. It doesn't feel natural. Now you, be, now you might be saying, but Bruce, how do I know God will not reject me? You know, I've got a lot of things I've done in my life. How I know he'd forgive me and take all this emotional pain I'm carrying and set me free. That would take someone who loves me. And the last thing I feel or believe about myself is that I'm lovable. Do you know what you've done? Do you not know what you've done to others? How is it even possible? Bruce, I hate God. I blame him for my wreckage. So how do I know he won't reject me, Bruce? I've rejected myself. My family's rejected me. Heck, my country may even have rejected me. I know this because that man who was healed as a leper knows you and everything about you, and that that man God in the flesh went through the most horrible pain imaginable, suffered incredible humiliation, was beat with whips and a crown of thorns, beaten the head, went to the cross, bled his last drop of God blood for you, so you could be forgiven. You see, God took your words and the physical abuse of the sins of this world, yes, even your world, your shipwreck, your island, and offers you forgiveness. You may hurt so bad you want to die, but he died for your, he died for you. He took your pain. You see, like the leper, you have a choice to believe and receive forgiveness and healing from Jesus. Like the leper, you can go before Jesus and say, if you're willing, you can heal me and be forgiven. You see, he died for you. And when you accept Jesus, you die with him and raised from the grave with him and now are forgiven and eternally will not be separated from God. He is willing. You see, you have a way off the island and he is the way, the truth, and the life. The way off the island is a person and that is Jesus. But you have to surrender all the ways you've tried to be God to manage your pain, to try to control your life, and to give it to Jesus to be your Savior, because he wants to save you from yourself. And Lord, because he knows what your life is like and what it can be, and you were not intended to be on that island. You were not intended to be shipwrecked. Now you may be saying, oh, I need religion, Bruce. I tried that. That didn't work. You've tried all sorts of religions, but Jesus is not offering you a religion. He's offering you a relationship with him where you receive the love your soul so desperately needs. So are you saying, Bruce, I give my life to Jesus and I'll be physically healed? I don't know. I know many people who've been healed by Jesus physically. I know many people who haven't. But they've been given the supernatural ability to walk out in their physical condition. These people inspire me more than the ones that are physically healed. And I can say I know that Jesus did for me as a castaway, 
And now I've been called to be a counselor to the castaways. See, I've been healed and delivered from that which almost destroyed me. I can be compulsive about anything. I can overdo anything. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be other compulsive behaviors. And they almost destroyed me. I know what it's like to be shipwrecked, guys. Not once, but many times. I know what it's like to feel different and be rejected. I know what it's like to feel so depressed way back in the 90, early 90s. Many years ago, actually it was more like the mid-90s, I looked in obituary columns every day in the newspaper and envied the dead. You see, Jesus met me in the place of my deepest pain, and I was able to feel and heal. I was able to forgive myself and those who hurt me, and he set me free. No, that's not easy to do. It's not easy to leave the identity of your shipwreck. It's not easy to leave the island. It's how you deal with your pain. See, I may not know your experience. I know mine. I know the stories of so many I've journeyed with, but God knows your story. And I know what it's like to hear the words from Jesus. I'm willing. Even now as I share this, these tears, not of pain, but of gratitude, flow from my eyes to the God who loves me. So guys, no matter your shipwreck, you can be healed. No matter your island you used to deal with the pain, God can meet you there if you're willing to ask him to. Are you willing to get off the island? Are you willing to have him be your Savior and Lord? Well, Bruce, how, how does that happen? How do I do that? You simply do that by praying. It's talking to God. You're like, well, you know, I don't know. What if I don't even believe in him? Then I dare you. I dare you to look to heaven, look from your island, raise your hand and say, I'm a castaway. I need to be rescued. What, how I'm living my life right now is not working. What I turn to to try to get rid of the pain is not working. I don't want to be on the island all the days of my life. I dare you to look to heaven and say that. Now, I dare you to say, God, show up on my island. And he will. He will. Then you'll have a choice. You can be like the leper who fell on his knees and said, Jesus, I know you can, but would you want to? Do you understand, Jesus, that my body has been raped and I feel impure. I feel damaged somehow that I, I, I can't get rid of. Jesus, do you understand how many of these beers I've pounded over my lifetime and what I've done to my body? Do you understand the things I've said to people in a drunken rage? Do you, do you understand how depth, deep my loneliness is? Jesus, can you heal that? Can you can you get me off this island? And guys, if you ask Jesus, are you willing to? He will. And again, how I know that is because he went on the cross for you. So let's go ahead and pray. And just a few minutes left of this podcast. And just follow this prayer. It doesn't matter um, necessarily if it, you say this exactly. But it's just like, you know, God, I screwed up. 
<laughs> I've screwed up. And I went on an island. I've been shipwrecked. I mean, it, it hurt like hell. And to get rid of this pain, I've, I've done whatever I needed to do to survive. And it's not working. It sucks to be my own God. There better be a, there better be a God because I suck at it. And I dare to believe that you forgive me. And I dare to believe you give me the power to forgive others. I dare to believe that you can take my shipwreck life and you can rebuild my life to be a life that has abundance and that you can teach me actually how to love and have had a and have a restored relationship with you. I dare you that you can restore my life back to me. So God, if you're willing, I'm willing to leave that island. If that's your prayer, if you prayed that prayer, your sins are forgiven. You are forgiven. Do you understand what that means? It means past, present, and future. You are forgiven. And now you are released to love supernaturally and to walk with the God that loves you. Does it mean there's not going to be other storms? No. Does it mean that you're not going to screw up from time to time? No. But your God is there now with you in a restored relationship and will give you the strength to go through whatever storms you face. For my next message, it's going to be how do you face those storms? How do you go back into that shipwreck? How do you... How do you deal with that, Bruce? Because, okay, I'm off the island, but man, I got lots of shipwrecks. Join the club. We all have lots of shipwrecks. This is a process and it's a journey. And you made the most important step. You invited God to come along with you. And he will be faithful. He will not give up until he completes the work he started in you. I look forward to my next podcast with you guys. God bless you.